Wealth Tactic Rebels, ingenious tactics to accumulate wealth for people who see things differently. Welcome to another discussion with Wealth Tactic Rebels, the podcast for people who think differently. I'm your host, Kevin Dumont. I've been thinking differently in the wealth field for well over 10 years now. Our guest, Kim, is a founder of Frame of Mind Coaching. She's a personal development and executive coach and, uh, how you say, a super mom? <laughs> I like that idea. I'll take right? it. All right. Sounds good. Hi, Kim. How are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. Great to have you, Kim. Thank you for joining me. Can you tell us a little bit about where you came from and how you got to where you are today? Uh, mindset coaching. That's a... Uh, that's a different ballgame there. Um, let's, okay, let's, let's start at the an interesting, It sounds like an interest, interesting road. So. so I've always been interested in leaders and really what differentiates leaders and top performers from the rest of the population. So years and years and years ago, you could call me a serial entrepreneur. Sure. I used to own a software company and we used to build simulation-based assessments mm -hmm. to help companies make better hiring decisions. And we built those assessments when simulations weren't even cool yet, right? So like we were on right. the leading edge of technology and what we were really interested in is what really makes a difference in hiring people. Like when you're looking at an individual, what should we be looking at to predict their performance? Should we be looking at IQ? Should we be looking at skill set? Like what is it that really is going to make the difference? And so sure. we tested hundreds of thousands of people. And what we wow. discovered is that sure, intelligence is important, skill set is important, but there was one key characteristic that really blew all the others away in terms mm -hmm. of determining what makes a person super successful compared to others. And sure. that is their degree of emotional resilience. So what is emotional resilience, right? Emotional right. resilience is a person's ability to bounce back from adversity with speed and agility and even do something, like make something out of that adversity, turn it into an advantage. So that's a bit of the backdrop. So what does that have to do with coaching? Well, I sold that company and then I got recruited almost right away by a coaching company here in Toronto uh -huh. who hired me as their VP of marketing. And I went into the company because their mandate was to help people live extraordinary lives. And I thought, yes, that's for me. That's exciting, right? Right. <laughs> so I went into the company and I kind of observed how they coached. And how they coached was that they helped business leaders create business plans you know, with several manageable components and they broke it yeah. down so that on a weekly basis or whatever, a bi-weekly basis, their coach would hold them accountable to the actions that would get done. Right, right. And I thought to myself, well, there seems to be something wrong with that picture. Mm -hmm. Like something doesn't sit well with me because people know how to create plans, but why aren't they executing? Like what's stopping them from doing what they know they need to do? Like what's getting in the way? Right. If they know here are the 10 things I need to do, why don't they do them? Why don't people do what they're supposed to do in weight loss, for example? Why do they struggle there? Why do people struggle yeah, to become wealthy? Like, why right. do people struggle? What's really going on? What's at play? And what I realized is that it's not that people don't know what to do, it's that something is interfering with their ability to get it done. It has to do with their thinking. It has to do with their beliefs. Right. That makes sense. It has yeah. to do with their upbringing. It has to do with their perspectives. It has to do with what they think they're capable of, 
what they think they deserve. And I thought, you know what? It actually has to do with their emotional resilience. If I can create a coaching company that helps people really build up their emotional resilience and handle difficulties when difficulties happen, now I'm setting people up for serious success. Rather than managing their actions, I'm helping them handle life, Mm -hmm. business and personal. And so that's when I said, you know what? I think I can do this a little bit better. And so I created Frame of Mind Coaching 15 years ago, and right. here we are now. Aha. A lot of ideas are born that way. I think I can do something better, <laughs> right? That's right. That's right. And some of the best ones, a matter of fact. That's right. Uh, that's what keeps everything advancing. You know, and it's funny, too, when you talk about that mindset, the way people think and, and the psychology behind that has advanced a lot over the years. I was talking about my son recently, and my son has ADHD, and a lot of kids have that. So do mine. I have right. <laughs> They all do, right? I have a few. But I, have one. I have one who has ADHD. Right. I mean, you could look at almost any kid and think they do because they're running off the walls. But the good thing about it is that because nowadays we understand mindsets of someone who thinks the way my son does, which is a little bit different, schools are able to take their curriculum and help gear it a little bit better towards the kids. The teachers yeah. can gear the way they teach a little bit better towards the kids. I, I had no idea about this kind of stuff when I was younger. It turns out I found out when I was in college that I had a little bit of ADD. But growing, growing up in school, it was just, oh, you just don't want to do your work. That was, you know, that was the answer. I always told my mom, I said, no, I want to do my work. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just thinking about something else right now, you know? Right. <laughs> so I struggled with it going up through school. But now my son, on the other hand, he's 16, just entered sophomore year in high school, made a huge difference for him in school. He's not struggling with it the way I did, you know, because we were able to talk to the schools and the mindset of it is completely different. Sure. And to be honest, like while we've made some strides in education, we're, I think, eons away from where we could be, right? And so right. the truth of the matter is that a lot of the way school is Structured is not really aligned with the way people learn best. And it's right. not really aligned with truly engaging students. And right. so when you look at like what's wrong with school, we're not engaging students. We're not making it relevant. We're not making it hands-on. We're not making it sticky, right? And we're teaching mm. them things that maybe they don't need to use so so readily. So I can talk about that for hours. That's a whole other subject. <laughs> That's right? a whole other subject, maybe another yeah. time, right? But let's talk a little bit more about how the mindset of people, specifically with maybe business and and performing with their finances, whatever job they may have, their mindset can kind of keep them stuck in a position where they can't ever really achieve their true success. That's right. So let's start by saying this, that whatever your life situation is from a financial standpoint, a wealth standpoint, a resources standpoint, whatever your situation is, that's a function of your thinking. And maybe some of you are listening going, well, that's not true. Maybe you're thinking, well, you know, like it's not my fault I'm in this situation. Like I just grew up in this situation and, you know, the circumstances led me here. Yes. And your thinking kept you there, right? So your life as you see it, as you have it right now, is a reflection of your thinking. So let's Mm -hmm. really uncover that. What does that mean? It means that your life, what you have in it, what you've achieved, again, financially or otherwise, is a reflection of what you believe to be possible. So if you think it's impossible to be wealthy, you're right. If you think that 
you know, wealthy people are, you know, kind of uh, self-absorbed and selfish and greedy and who wants to be that? So that yeah, ideology right. is keeping you away from wealth. So yeah, the way yeah. you think about money shows up in your bank account, right? So the way you yeah. think about wealth, the way you think about money is reflected in the wealth you have. Now, so now, where does all that come from? When you grew up, your parents gave you some ideas, some ideology, some philosophy of yeah. how they felt about money. Right. And they have absorbed it or rejected it, but your philosophy of money started there. And then you were exposed to people, maybe other kids in school, maybe uh, teachers, maybe television, maybe some of your, you know, young idols, and you were looking at what they had and how they had it, and that influenced you too. Right. And you came up with an idea or a perspective on wealth that is reflected in what you own, what you have today, right? Mm. So how you think will affect what you achieve, whether it's Makes sense. in the area of money or in the area of work, or in the area of relationships, it doesn't really matter. So the way you think is directly responsible for what you achieve. Right. The mind is a powerful tool. I've heard that before when I was, now that you're saying that, when I was younger, I don't remember where, but someone in my lifetime, I think it was one of my teachers, had said, whatever you think, whatever you project, that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to become. That's right. If you that's think right. We say it like this, what you focus on grows. Right. So when you decide that, you know, like life is hard and, and wealth is hard to come by, what you tend to do is collect evidence to support that belief. You see, here's another bill. You see, you know, this guy's making it, but not me. You see, that guy got a promotion, but I can't get one. You yeah. see, here's another sale I didn't get. You see, here are a bunch of expenses I didn't expect. You see, mm -hmm. life is hard for me. So what right. you tend to do is look for things to support your existing beliefs that life is hard. Yeah. It's like placing blame, kind of. It's not placing blame. It's like if I tell you, hey, Kevin, did you know that most of the cars on the street are white? Uh -huh. You're like, wow, I, ne I never even noticed that. And all of a sudden, you're looking outside. And, and what happens? You notice, wow, she's right. Look, there's yeah, a bunch white of cars, white, white car, white car, white car, white car. Before you weren't paying attention to white cars. But <laughs> now that your mind is tuned to looking for white cars, they're everywhere. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, is it true, true that there are more white cars than other cars? No. But because you're looking for them. You start seeing them more. Yeah. You believe it to be true. Right. That makes sense. The mind thinks in pictures, right? Often. The mind thinks in pictures and the mind plays tricks on you. So the right. mind, you know, one of the things we spoke about before we got on this call was this whole idea of risk. A lot of people misassess risk because it plays tricks on you. So for example, hmm. so many people have this terrible fear of public speaking. And some people say, I would rather die than speak publicly. As though <laughs> speaking publicly was the greatest risk known to men. The truth is there's no risk at all. You go up, you speak, you sit down. It's not a health risk. You're not going to die, right? Yeah. <laughs> but we perceive it that way. Yeah. A yeah. lot of times the decisions we make with respect to our money and our finances and our investments are also misassessed. Risk right. isn't really understood clearly. So you <laughs> gave an example earlier. Do you want to say that again? Like the example of buying you, a car, for example? Oh, when we were, oh, yeah. When you're buying a car, we were talking about that situation. So if you buy a car, you have two ways to buy it. You can either use someone else's money, like a, some financial institution, take a loan, 
or you can take money out of your account to buy a car. And it's the same risk whether or not you take it under your account or you finance it. But something could happen in the future, you could lose your car. You could get an accident, it's total. Maybe you didn't put gap insurance on there or whatever. It's total, it's gone. So the risk is now, if you used your money, you're out of that money and the car. Yeah. And this is the thing is that people make decisions a lot of times misassessing risk. You know, I'll give you another example. I do a lot of workshops and I stand up at the front of the room and I say, can I have a volunteer? I'll tell you, do you know how often I get a volunteer? Usually I may get one if I'm lucky. Right. Right. That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) I might get one. Okay. So I bring the person up and I give them an exercise to do. And the, the purpose of these, this exercise, I won't give it away, but the purpose of this exercise is to really help them learn something that they've never experienced or seen or learned before, right? And what's the best place to learn, the posi- best position to learn is doing the exercise. But how many right. people choose to do the exercise? Almost zero. Really? Right, so why is that? Because they perceive volunteering to be high risk in the eyes of their peers perhaps they're afraid of ridicule doesn't or matter they, they've made up a story i don't know what she wants from me i don't know what she's going to do to me i don't want to be embarrassed i don't want to be ashamed or feel right. funny and i don't want to be vulnerable in front of my peers and on and on and on and they've right, created right. this big huge story that says it's safer if i sit down the right. truth is it's safer if you learn yeah right? so people misassess risk and they do that all the time with respect to wealth Right. I agree. So if they're misassessing risk because of the mindset, then there are missing opportunities. But there are, clearly, there are people out there that have a different mindset that are achieving wealth. Yes. So what are they doing differently? So what we find is that very, very wealthy people think differently. And they yeah. typically have three thinking strategies that other people don't. So happy to share them with you if you're open to it. Sounds good. Let's hear it. Okay. So thing number one is that super wealthy people, and I'm going to put super wealthy people in the category of super successful people, number one are very, very clear and they focus on what they really, really want. Very clear about what they want. They're able to verbalize it. They have a very clear picture of what that looks like and they have a clear picture of how to get there and they don't get distracted. So people who want to buy a home, they don't spend frivolously on other things. They do what they need to do in order to get to where they need to go. And they're almost single-minded. They have like blinders on. They say, here's my path. I'm not straying from my path. This is what I want. This is where I'm going. Don't get in my way. Right. So that's number one. Number two is that extraordinary leaders, highly successful people, wealthy people, what they do is they absolutely tap into their resources. Interestingly enough, you're probably sitting there going, but yeah, okay, well, that's obvious. I know that. But I can't tell you how many people are uncomfortable tapping into their resources. And so what does that mean? Is that super wealthy people don't ever think that something is inaccessible to them. They think about resources differently. Hmm. What do they do? Hmm. They say to themselves, anything is accessible to me. There is no shortage of money. There is no shortage of talent. There is no shortage of help. There is no shortage of an individual who's willing to help. I just need to figure out what it is that I need and go and find it. Mm -hmm. Right? So a no doesn't stop me. Right. Right. It doesn't get in my way. It may slow me down a bit, but 
no problem. It helps me increase my clarity about what I want. And so they have this attitude, this viewpoint about resources that there are unlimited resources and they are entitled. And I don't want to use the entitled, but they have a level of deserving just like anybody else. That right. they can have those resources. Rather than shame, yeah. Right, exactly. Like that they deserve it as much as anyone else, right? Right, right. And that all they need to do is figure out what resource they need or they want and tap into it. The third thing is that very, very wealthy people do something that other people don't. And that is that they challenge their thinking. They challenge their beliefs. Okay, so and this is like, you know, part of the thinking strategy that we're talking about that is not ordinary. Right, right. So what do I mean by that? A lot of people think, well, okay, yeah, sure, it would be really nice to have a big home, or it would be really nice to have passive income, or it would be really nice to go on a vacation, two-week vacation once a year, but that's not for me. And so what they do is they start to say, so what are the reasons, what are the things that are getting in my way? Why do I believe it's not for me? Is there like an assessment that people can do? To they figure- literally, I, so what I do when I coach executives is I yep. use journaling as a process. So what happens is they're journaling on a daily basis and I ask them to write down what they believe to be true. So if let's say they want, it doesn't matter what it is, I want to be in a great healthy relationship, but I'm never going to find one. So we want them to write down all their reasons why not. And all those reasons Mm. are literally beliefs that are standing in the way of their success. And what we teach them to do is challenge every single one of those beliefs. Because if you think you'll never be successful, if you think you'll never have wealth, if you think you'll never get that home, if you believe those things, you'll set your life up to confirm that belief. Right. So what we need to do is challenge each and every one of those beliefs. Yeah, makes sense. Because what you're thinking, what your mind's projecting is what happens. It's what exactly, exactly. So if you feel like, hey, you know, like as hard as you try, it'll never come your way. You're right. Right. So what we want you to do is practice replacing or trading up those beliefs for ones that are far more aligned with your goals. Right, and right. Trading up means trading up a pretty negative belief for one that's slightly better. So it could right. be something like, hey, I'll never have a beautiful home to, well, maybe someday I'll have a beautiful home. And while that still doesn't sound so great, it's better than never. And then from someday, it could be, well, I have a plan and this can happen in five years. Right? So do you see how we're progressing a to a slightly yeah. better place? Right. And that's what we teach people to do. That makes sense because it's hard for people to just leap into something new. Progression is definitely easier. Right. Yeah. Because if I told you, hey, you know what, Kevin, next year at this time, you're going to be living in this beautiful house. You know what you're going to tell me? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Like, who are you <laughs> kidding? Right. And that who are you kidding dialogue that you're having in your brain rules the day. That's what has control over your life. So you've got to tap in. You've got to pay attention to what that dialogue is saying and saying, okay, hey, dialogue, you're not partnering with me here. You're getting in my way and I need to make sure you're on board. So you need to address that. Right. Do you have some other tips perhaps to help people with changing it? Because I think the biggest problem is now going to be, you know, anyone who's listening to this, I think the Wealth Tech Rebels listening to this thing is maybe think, this whole podcast is about thinking differently. So I'm going to assume that they want to think differently about something anyway. 
But okay. now it's so, a progression of how yeah. do I do this? Yes, how do I do this? Okay, so number one is if you feel frustrated with something, okay, anything, could be your living situation, could be your car, could be your job, could be your bank account, whatever it is, pay attention to your emotional state. Like, so if you're angry, frustrated, depressed, pissed off, you know, just <laughs> tired, all whatever it is, all of the above, <laughs> whatever that emotional state is, that's a signal that says, the way you're thinking about this is taking you away from what you want. That's first of all. So right. pay attention to your emotional state. So just right, tune right. in. Hey, how do I feel about my bank account? How do I feel about my living? So how do I feel? And if you feel any negative feeling, that's an indicator that your thoughts are taking you away from what you want. Yeah. So now here's the exercise. Are you ready? Write this down. Sure. So all what right. you need to do is number one, step one, write down as though you're writing in a journal, what do you really, really want? Like, what does it look like? Not what you're sick and tired of, not what you've had enough of, not how your life is terrible, horrible, and awful, but write down what you want and write it out as though it were a picture that you can imagine. Step number two is write down all the reasons you don't have what you really, really want. All of them, write them out like a big, huge, long list. When so you think you're done, keep going. You get all your excuses out, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then number three is now go back to that list and say, are these things even true? Am I making up these excuses? Right? What's uh, actually uh, true? How can I take some of these beliefs and trade them in for something more useful? Mm-hmm. And what you want to do is you want to measure your emotional state at the beginning, which was frustrated, mad, sad, bad, pissed off at the world, et cetera. And then at the end of this, once you've challenged those beliefs, now you say to yourself, so how do I feel? Do I feel any better? Do I feel any more hopeful? Do I feel like there's a possibility here? And so what could a plan be that will help me get there? What's my next step? What's my next move? Right? What are the things I want to explore? Who do I want to talk to? Right? Right. What do I need to check in on? What do I need to reduce my expenses on? Whatever it is, what's the next move? That can help switch the mindset into a positive frame that starts bringing you towards whatever it is you want, your goals. Right. Like the next move could be call Kevin because I don't know what the heck I'm doing (laughs) with my finances and I need (laughs) help. (laughs) Right. It could be something like that. Or it could be, you know what? I just need to look at my bank account and add an extra, you know, thousand dollars into that account because I'm getting charged all these dumb expenses. It doesn't matter what it is, right? Whatever it is, yeah. Whatever it is. I'm sure that what what you're saying is true. You know, when people start a business, no one really probably thinks, oh, I'm just going to fail. But (laughs) I'm sure there's a different mindset between the people who succeed and the people who don't. Right. And the truth of the matter is over 50% of businesses fail, just like over 50% of marriages fail, right? So there are definitely different mindsets that Mm. allow for healthy marriages and different mindsets that allow for thriving businesses. So what is that? What are we tapping into here? And let me assure everybody who's listening is that the key difference between successful marriages and ones that are not have to do with the people in the marriage and how they think. How they think about themselves, how they think about their partners, how they think about their responsibilities and their role, et cetera. Same thing goes for wealth. Same thing goes for business. Same thing goes all around. The way you think will determine what you achieve. That's it, period, end of story. And really the key is if you feel lousy, putting that in general terms, Mm -hmm. it's an indicator that your thinking is playing tricks with you. 
that you're thinking is betraying you and taking mm-hmm. you away from what it is that you really want. And mm-hmm. that's what needs to be addressed before mm-hmm. you go taking massive action. I found myself in that position before where, you know, sometimes just things hit you in life, personal, business, whatever, and things just keep hitting you and hitting you. A lot of negative things. And once in a while, I find myself where I just start thinking negatively. Oh, of course, this is happening. You know, of course, that's going to happen. Oh, you know, I find that stuff going on. And the next thing I know, I'm like arguing with my wife and I'm yelling at my son and, well, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is not what I want. I'm getting nowhere. I have to do something to change my mindset. I have literally found myself telling myself that. And it makes a difference. As soon as I step back and I start analyzing it, figure out why I'm thinking like that. I mean, I don't have your process. Now I do. But I mean, (laughs) in the past, I didn't. Well, Um, here's where people fail, right? Like, here's where people get stuck is that they go, okay, like, I've got to do something, right? right, We think like action is the answer. And action is important. But if you try to take action, but your thinking hasn't changed, you're going to keep bumping into the same problems over and over again. Or taking action, stop for a minute and say, how am I thinking about this? And is my thinking lined up with my goal? Is it even possible for me to get there when I have all these beliefs that are fighting against me? So if not, I need to clean that up and then take action. So oftentimes people think it's all in the doing. And honestly, first we think, then we do. We have to address our thinking before we address our doing. And that's really a central message here. So I guess... If you're going to take action, the action is first on yourself. A hundred percent. So your success is a function of your ability to manage yourself and your thinking in all cases, whether we're talking about leadership, whether we're talking about wealth, whether we're talking about parenting, parenting is such a good subject, right? Because we think our jobs as parents is to manage our children and it couldn't be further from the truth. Mm. Our jobs as parents is to manage ourselves when our kids are being kids and doing their the things they do, right? That's our first step is self-management. Interesting part about that too, um, kind of related in a way. When I was uh, in, I want to say college, I did lifeguarding. Okay. And when you take a lifeguarding course and you get in there, you know, everyone thinks, oh, I'm going to be a lifeguard. It's going to be like Baywatch. I'm going to rush out there and save someone and be the hero, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you got that kind of like idea, that picture going on in your mind. Then you get in there and you start training and it's completely different. And they sit you down when you're training. They say, okay, first of all, you're not here to save anyone. You have to take care of yourself. The first person you need to save is you. And you need to assess every situation and make sure that you are okay and you are safe. And you need to be healthy. You need to make sure you're not injured. All those different things. Your mind. They even talk about that. You have to be good first. Because if you're not good, you're good to no one else. You can't help anyone else. Exactly. Is that in any lifeguarding manual? Like, do they teach Something you that? like that. They, they did. It wasn't a big section on it. But I do remember my instructor sitting us down and saying, this is a big part of it. You have to understand that you have to take care of you first. They gave an example about someone who's out caught in a riptide that's very strong. And they say, do you go save that person when you might drown yourself? And everyone's like, of course. And the instructor looks at us and says, no, you don't. And we're all like, what? That's what we're supposed to do. We're lifeguards. No, you cannot go save them. Because if you're going to die, what about the other two people that are drowning that you could have saved? Right. And what it really means is that in order for you to have a healthy business, a healthy marriage, a healthy parenting relationship, a healthy bank account, you really have to take care of your own well-being first. That's the bottom line. And if 
things are out of control, that's an indicator that you're not taking care of your own well-being. And I don't mean go get massages. I mean, really pay attention. <laughs> not that that wouldn't hurt. <laughs> not that that wouldn't hurt. But what that really means is pay attention to how you're thinking and how you're thinking and whether or not your thinking is aligned with your deepest desires and goals. Mm-hmm. And if they're not aligned, then there needs to be an adjustment. Yeah, agreed. So before we close today, and, and, and I'll thank you because I think that thinking is the single most important thing in everything that we do, not just our wealth. And I know this is a wealth-focused podcast, but I really do think that. I really believe it. And because we start with our belief of that there's more to be had by first avoiding losses rather than just chasing a rate of return, I like to end with a value bomb of something that you know in your experience that our listeners could look to avoid doing and how they could maybe do something differently. We all fall into a dark pit sometimes. Things go bad, we fall. What I would avoid doing is staying down for very long, right? Avoid staying down. So bad things happen to everybody. Get up and ask yourself this critical question. What can I do with this experience that would be of benefit to me? That's question number one. Question number two is, why did that happen? How is this a gift that I cannot currently see? So we all fall. Don't stay down very long. Avoid staying down very long. I like that idea because no one wants to feel miserable anyway. <laughs> no, but some people, some people are used to it. Some people, some people you know, they, they get stuck there and that's what they do. They stay in yeah. this hole yeah. of misery. And my advice is get up, dust yourself off and move along. Yeah, I agree. My experience in life would agree with you on that. (laughs) Good. So before we close today, is there anything you'd like to say to our listeners today? We'd love for you to come and visit us. So come and take a look at our website and just learn more about us. We're at frameofmindcoaching.com. And on that website is an opportunity to have a complimentary coaching call, which means it's completely one-on-one individual focused on exactly what you're going through. Mm -hmm. And my experience is that people who have that call experience a significant shift right in that one call. So please Mm. come try it out. Come and learn more about us. Great. Thank you for the invite. I'm sure someone will definitely find that useful. And we'll be putting Kim's contact and book information on the show notes page at wealthtacticrebels.com. Again, that's wealthtacticrebels.com. And please, Wealth Tactic Rebel listeners, while you're there, help us out and leave a comment to let us know how we're doing with our podcast. Let us know what you like, what you might not like so much, and what you'd like to hear and think differently about. I appreciate your time today, Kim. It's been a fantastic conversation with you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to spend this time with you. Excellent. Enjoy the weather there. I know it's a, it's a warm one for you, us as well, at <laughs> the time of this recording. <laughs> so yeah. hopefully everyone else is having a good day as well today, Well, Tetic Rebels. Thank you all for joining Kim and I today. We look forward to talking with you again soon and have a fantastic day. Want to really see things differently? Take our course in Genius Tactics 201, where we teach you all the wealth accumulating tactics with detailed real-life examples, see your progress with quizzes, and a certificate of completion. For course details, visit WealthTacticRebels.com. 
Sign up today and start seeing things differently. This presentation is intended as informational only. The information presented does not consider your particular financial objectives, risk tolerance, time horizon, or other unique circumstances, and does not constitute a personalized recommendation or replace the advice of a financial, tax, or legal advisor or other qualified professionals. Do your own research and do not use the information of this presentation in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional. To the best of our ability, we provide content that is accurate as of the date of release. However, we give no assurance or guarantee regarding its accuracy, timeliness, completeness, or applicability. We assume no liability for the information of this and related presentations.